Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The reading is taken from Psalm 13, beginning at verse 1. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Good morning, everyone. If we haven't met before, my name is Pete Scammon, and I'm the associate vicar here at Fullwood Church. As we come now to look at Psalm 13 together, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this moment now to engage with your word. We ask for the help of your spirit to not just hear, but also to believe. And as we believe, Father, please, would you change us? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we begin this new series, Thinking About Lamenting, I want to begin with this question. How do we cope when life is hard? And life can be hard. In lockdown three, I think of parents trying to homeschool children again whilst also juggling a busy life. Perhaps young people trying to think about their futures, exams and grades without being able to go to school. Others of us facing uncertain employment. Others of us just fed up with the isolation and the the boredom of lockdown. Perhaps others dealing with anxiety or, or depression that's come about because of this pandemic and the lockdown. Others facing bereavement. Of course, it's not just the, the pandemic that makes this life hard. For the church family, we are facing some hard things together as a church family at the moment. And I'm sure each of us at home could tell different stories of how and when this life has been hard. And so I want to ask the question that we thought about in that, in that short video clip a moment ago. What do we do? How do we cope when life is hard? As we watch that video clip, I wonder if we saw ourselves in some of those characters, responding by downplaying the problem or trying to fix the problem. Maybe others of us, we try to bring back control. We become experts in homeschooling or in social distancing to somehow give us a sense that even if we can't control the world out there, at least we're in charge somewhere here. Perhaps some of us have sought to escape from the pain, binging on box sets. Sales of alcohol have soared during this pandemic. Or maybe others of us, we've tried everything, but nothing takes away the pain. And 
we've just slipped into despair. We, we keep going in life, but all the color, the energy has just been drained out of us. I wonder, how do we cope when life is hard? Behind all the coping mechanisms lies a right desire to be free from the pain and suffering that comes to us in a broken world. It's, it's right to long for these things, but we also know, don't we, deep down inside, that none of these things we've mentioned bring lasting peace and comfort from the pain that we experience in this broken world. And so we've called this little series Learning to Lament. And if some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, it's January, it's already hard enough to keep our spirits up in the short days in the hard lockdown, and now we have to think about lament as well. Well, I hope we'll see that actually in the Bible. Learning to lament is one of the ways that God's people are helped to bring the pain and suffering of our lives to a good, loving, and faithful God. And as we cry out to him in lament, as we turn to him and trust to him, we'll find a source of joy and comfort that only God can bring in this broken world. That Psalm 13 is a psalm of lament. David copes with the pain in, in his life by pouring out his heart to the Lord. I want us to see three things about this lament. First, honesty. Look at verse one. David says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I remember growing up one particular family holiday. We had a cottage booked way up in the highlands. We packed the car full of all the stuff that six people need for a week away. And with some excitement, we headed off on the journey up the motorway. About an hour into the journey, suddenly the car just conked out. It just went dead. And so we had to coast over to the side of the road. We pulled over. The car wouldn't move. We were stuck. And so we called the rescue service. They promised they'd come and sort us out. And so we began to wait on the side of the road. Now, our spirits were a bit crestfallen. We were looking forward to the holiday. Those plans were now up in the air, but we were hoping for a quick rescue. And then the minutes went by, and they kept going by, and the hours went by, and still no AA man had turned up to rescue us. And we began to wonder if they had actually got our phone call, if, if they had remembered about us. This was the day before mobile phones and text updates to tell us that they were on their way. We had no idea if they were coming or if they'd been distracted by someone else, if they were actually had gone home for the day. And so we began to wonder if they had forgotten about us. It wasn't very nice. Now, clearly, someone did come eventually to pick us up. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here today. But there is something of that sense here in verse 1, except it's far worse we don't know what situation David was facing, perhaps a powerful enemy or some sickness or a betrayal by a dear friend. Uh, whatever it was, the specifics aren't as important to David compared to the sense that the God in whom he has placed his trust, that God has forgotten about him. That, that, that God is absent from his pain and suffering. And so he cries out, verse one, how long, Lord, 
Will you forget me forever? There is real emotional turmoil here. On, on one hand, God has promised to bless David and to be with him. But on the other hand, David is experiencing real pain in his life. And he's trying to work out how to connect the pain with, with, with God. And verse 2. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? I wonder if we have ever felt this way about the Lord. Perhaps in the small hours of the night, we we cannot sleep and we're wide awake wrestling with our thoughts, the, the wheels of our mind spinning around the difficult circumstances we are facing and then trying to work out where is God in all of this? I thought God was loving and kind, but he, he seems to have forgotten me. Where is he? Maybe it's a bereavement, a lost job, a broken marriage, crushed dreams, or the daily grinds of lockdown three. Whatever it is, I wonder if we've found ourselves thinking, where is God? Has he forgotten about me? Well, what is so striking here in Psalm 13, without any introduction, without any padding, David just pours out his heart to the Lord. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Here is honesty. I wonder how we feel about this kind of honesty in our prayers. Are we allowed to speak to the Lord this way? Certainly in the Bible, uh, we are warned about the danger of grumbling against the Lord. Grumbling is when a person speaks to someone else about the Lord with a complaint, and that is not appropriate in the Bible. And yet, again and again, We see people of faith in the Bible lamenting with this kind of honesty, perhaps most famously of all, the Lord Jesus himself. Think of the Garden of Gethsemane just hours before his death. The Lord Jesus, overwhelmed with grief and sorrow, in distress about the coming cup of God's wrath he was about to drink on the cross, crying out to his heavenly Father, asking for for some rescue from this moment. And then, of course, on the cross itself, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Quoting another lament psalm, Psalm 22. And so this kind of honesty in our prayers, well, it is absolutely right. It is okay to cry out, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? In my own experience, when life is hard, I often find it much easier to speak to other people about God rather than speaking to God about God. Or I find myself muttering to myself, ah, why is God doing this? Or I go for a walk with a friend and and they ask me how I'm doing and I say, well, life's really hard at the moment and I just can't work out how God would allow it to happen. Where is God in this? But here in Psalm 13, David isn't talking to himself. He isn't talking to another person. He's talking to God. And learning to lament includes 
learning to be honest with God about how we feel. I wonder when is the last time we've poured out our hearts to God with this kind of honesty. Perhaps later on today, we might want to slip away to some quiet corner of the house and just take a few moments on our own to collect our thoughts. If you're the kind of person who likes to scribble, why not get a piece of paper and a pen and start to write down some of the things that we are feeling at the moment that cause us to be in distress, sources of pain in our lives. Take time to think about them, to, to own them and understand them. But then take those thoughts and turn them into honest prayers to the Lord. Talk to him about how we feel. Perhaps use the words of Psalm 13 here, verses 1 and 2, will give us some words to use. That's the first thing we see, honesty. But lamenting isn't just about being honest with God. As David's prayers continues, next we see a request. Look at verse 3. Here's David's request. Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. Oh, it's, it's powerful language. Uh, the picture is of a person slipping away towards death. The, the light is going out of their eyes. And whether David is actually facing death himself, or this is a picture for how desperate he feels in this moment. Either way, verse 4, David's enemies are about to celebrate his downfall. And so David brings his request to the Lord. It's a request for rescue, for the Lord to bring light to his dimming eyes. And when pain comes our way, it's so easy to turn anywhere else apart from the Lord for rescue. We can um, search Facebook trying to find some top tips to make our lives work better. Or we scan the news headlines longing for hope. Or we turn to our politicians for expertise or for the scientists for some medical good news. Or we lean on our friends to keep us going through the hard times. But the, the direction of travel in biblical lament is Godward. Lament brings our requests to the Lord. It makes God the center of our hopes. Looking back over the last few months, it's amazing how easily I've forgotten this very simple step. Spinning the wheels of my mind, worrying, wondering, planning, stressing, racking my brains for solutions, but not actually bringing my requests to the Lord, asking him for help. And so this afternoon, that, that piece of paper that we scribbled our honest feelings down onto, perhaps the next thing we, we might do this afternoon is to take that honesty and start to turn it into prayers of request, asking the Lord to help us to step in to save the day, to make a difference in the place that we are in. Honesty, a request. Finally, we see David, trust. Verse five. But I trust in your unfailing love. 
This is the turning point of the psalm. In, in the few seconds it's taken David to pray so far, it's very unlikely that his painful circumstances have suddenly changed. He's probably still sick or, or still oppressed by enemies or still betrayed by a friend. But, says David, but I trust in your unfailing love. All those years ago when my family were parked on the side of the road waiting for the AA van to turn up. We knew nothing about that particular AA driver. We'd never met him before. We didn't know if he was friendly or aloof. We didn't know if he was reliable or careless, whether he was good at his work or not so good. We didn't know if he kept his word, whether he'd be around or whether he'd just go home and have a cup of tea. We had no previous knowledge of the AA man. And so when he didn't turn up, we didn't know what to make of it. But not so David with the Lord. David has history with the Lord. He has seen the Lord's past behavior. Think of Goliath. Or all those times when the Lord rescued David from Saul or other enemies or from sickness or from a difficult situation. In all these past experiences in his life, David had seen the Lord was always loving. His love never failed. And so at this crucial turning point in the psalm, when David says, but I trust in the Lord's unfailing love, this is not some wishful thinking or a blind leap in the dark. David has very good reasons to be confident about the Lord's unfailing love. And for us today, we have even more reasons than David. Living this side of the cross of Christ, we look back and we see the ultimate demonstration of God's unfailing love to us in giving us his son to die on the cross in our place. As we look at the cross, we see once and for all that God does love us. His love never fails. And so here in verse 5, David is still experiencing this tough situation, but he looks back and remembers God's unfailing love. And as he looks back, he sees a rock, an anchor for his feet in the storm. Here is a, a place to stand on, a compass bearing for him to plot his future based on. And then looking forward, David continues, verse 5. My heart rejoices in your salvation. However David's story ends, the unfailing love of the Lord means it will be a story of salvation, a story of rescue. And with this confidence in mind, look at how far David comes. The psalm begins with pain and it ends with praise. Verse six, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. So what would this mean for us? Perhaps clutching that piece of paper later on this afternoon. What is it about the Lord's character that we can bring to mind that will help us trust him with our futures? For David, 
it was the Lord's unfailing love. And maybe that's true for us. We look back in our own history and see lots of examples of God's love to us. But most of all, back to the cross. Maybe it's the Lord's wisdom, the Lord's power, the Lord's faithfulness to his promises, the way the Lord is able to work through even the hardest things of life to bring about goods, the way the Lord disciplines those he loves to form in us more Christ-like character. There are so many things about the Lord's character that we can cling on to and trust in to give us confidence in the future. And so this afternoon, as we pray, perhaps take three, four, five of those characteristics about the Lord and pray to the Lord saying, I will trust in your unfailing love, in your faithfulness, your wisdom, your goodness, kindness. In my own experience, praying this way doesn't always lead to instant praise. It may not even lead to instant trust in the Lord. Remember, David begins the psalm by crying out, How long, Lord? I can imagine David praying Psalm 13 again and again and again, morning after morning, moment after moment. He's in this season for a long time as he wrestles with his thoughts. And yet Psalm 13 is showing us a a direction of travel for David, a, a way of thinking that he is choosing to adopt in his life. And this may be our experience We pour out our hearts to the Lord this afternoon and we we may not experience instant joy or a sudden change in our trust in the Lord. And when we pray the Lord, well, he may act straight away to fix the problem we are facing or he may not. When the Lord Jesus poured out his heart in lament to his heavenly father in the garden of Gethsemane, things actually got worse before they got better. And on the cross, as he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He then died. But on the third day, there was a resurrection. The Lord kept his promise to Jesus by raising him from the dead. And a story of pain became a story of joy. A story of suffering became a story of salvation in the experience of the Lord Jesus. And that may be our experience of lament. The pain may well continue for a season. The hard things that we long to be relieved of may actually get worse before they get better. But salvation is coming. The ultimate arc of God's salvation plan for his people is bigger than taking us out of a pandemic or whatever other situation we face in the moment. No, in the full arc of this salvation story, it means bringing us to a new creation world beyond all pain and suffering. And through his unfailing love and faithfulness, he will bring us to that place. Learning to lament helps us to know how to bring our pain to the Lord in prayer. As we pray, it's also how we journey from from pain to praise, from sorrow to singing, as we trust in the Lord, in his unfailing love. A love which means that he will hear our prayers, and when the time is right, 
He will save us. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your unfailing love. Help us to cry out to you in our pain and sadness, trusting that your love has not failed and that you will indeed save us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.